Vegas Nation, presented by STN Sports Mobile from Station Casinos. We're trying, like I said, to uh, bring the right kind of people in here, we think, that can build a championship football team. You guys are the most loyal fans in the world, and I know it hurts that we might not be the Oakland Raiders forever, but we are still Raider Nation. I think it's going to be a, uh, you know, get an army coming into uh, Las Vegas. What's up, Raider fans? It's week two, the NFL season, and the Raiders face the AFC West defending champion Chiefs and came away with a loss today at the Ring Central Coliseum in Oakland, 28 to 10. It's Heidi Fang here, and we are going to break down everything that went down in this game with Miles Simmons and Adam Hill, our Raiders writers who are out in Oakland. But first, don't forget to check out VegasNation.com, your source for all things Raiders. Get the Vegas Nation app to follow the show and comment while you're there. We love hearing from you. So, guys, after the Raiders took home a W last week, they follow up with a pretty abysmal effort against the Chiefs. They scored 10 points in the first quarter, but after that, 28 unanswered points from the Chiefs. Uh, Miles, what went wrong in this one? Uh, Patrick Mahomes got loose <laughs> in the second quarter, right? I think that is basically what it comes down to. Um, unfortunately, you know, the Raiders couldn't do anything in the second half and, uh, it, the, neither really could Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the, the time that they got down close to the end zone, they had a fumble and then they ended up giving the ball back to the Raiders, but they couldn't get anything done offensively after that first quarter. And, you know, when Patrick Mahomes went full Patrick Mahomes, there was really nothing that the Raiders defense could do. Um, and so I guess, you know, when you score 28 unanswered points, that's what happens. And the Chiefs defense, they came in pretty strong here. They had three sacks on Derek Carr twice back-to-back, and that was after Trent Brown left the game, the Raiders' right tackle. Brandon Parker came in for him, and uh, right when he did, it seemed as though that's when the Chiefs were able to penetrate that line. Adam, what can you tell us about the injuries that occurred in this game? There were several of them, but I think the most notable right now might be Trent Brown. And What is the update there? Yeah, we heard after the game that it was a knee and that that it's going to be checked out and uh, evaluated. Usually we learn a lot more about uh, these things on Monday. Uh, So we'll find out tomorrow the extent of that. But it was the fact that there was several injuries that happened throughout the game. Uh, Most of them were able to come back in. Uh, Tyrell Williams had a hip issue. He went up, uh, got a shot for that and came back. Josh Jacobs, we believe, was cramping. That's what that's what he said after the game. So uh, he was kind of in and out a little bit, actually left the game, came back in for one play, and then left the game again for a while. Uh, So he had some impressive numbers, you know, 99 yards, uh, most of it coming on that 151-yard carry, but uh, certainly wasn't out there for the entire game uh, because of the injuries. We know uh, Dwayne Harris had uh, a real problem with his uh, his ankle. He got a tape, tried to come back in the game. Uh, He left uh, for the rest of the way because, you know, it was pretty bad. He, He really couldn't get off the field after he came back out. Uh, for one, you know, punt coverage uh, shift. So a lot of different guys. But, you know, as you as you said, Trent Brown is the one that they're really going to be focused on. And how will he be uh, going forward? Because this offensive line had a great week one. They were OK today. Uh, but you start, you know, you already had you already down two guards. If there is an issue with Trent Brown now, uh, you're, you know, very highly paid right tackle who. Uh, was expected to be a key part of that offensive line, uh, that would be a a big loss if there's anything 
wrong with him that keeps him off the field for the next uh, game or, or even, um, you know, if it's longer, we don't know the extent of it. Well, Adam, let's stick with these injuries for just a second because Tyrell Williams, John Gruden noted in his post-game press conference that he had a cortisone shot, if I heard things right, for his hip. Uh, also, like you mentioned, Dwayne Harris, uh, the ankle seemed wrapped. Josh Jacobs just a little banged up. Uh, what would this mean to the offense, though, should they lose Tyrell Williams? I mean, Dwayne Harris, I think, is f- as, as listed in the depth chart, like the fourth wide receiver in. So what would it mean if the Raiders were to lose Tyrell Williams to a hip injury for, let's say, next week against the Vikings? Well, that would be really bad news bears. I mean, (laughs) especially because, look, they don't have that much depth at the wide receiver position. Maybe Keelan Doss would actually get a target um, because that uh, that would be somebody that could take the place there. And, you know, if something is really wrong with Dwayne Harris, then that means you really have to figure out what are you going to do at the kick returner and punt returner spots. They had Jalen Richard in there today. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're losing if you, if Tyrell Williams has to be out, you're losing your top wide receiving threat. And he had another touchdown today. Now it's two on the season. Um, and yes, he did have that miscommunication with Derek Carr where he apparently missed a hand signal. But I think just in general, you don't want to lose your top wide receiver when really you already lost one when you had to release him. And now he's catching touchdown passes for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about the flip side of this ball because as we mentioned Mahomes four touchdowns 443 yards four of his touchdowns were close to 40 yard passes um Adam it seemed on one of those routes that like LaMarcus Joyner just kind of like stopped on the on the route there seemed to be a lot of miscommunication how do the Raiders get back to this secondary being more of a threat especially when it comes to facing somebody who they do twice a year like the Chiefs what do they do when they go back and look at the tape this week to try to improve in this secondary well, you've got to fix the communication. That first and foremost, that's you know that's the biggest thing. I think there were certain plays that they didn't make. I think there was times when uh, the Chiefs just had much better offense than the Raiders have defense, and you're not going to be able to do anything about that. But if you can't communicate and you're not uh, calling out the right you know, switches and who's got who, I know the one there was one uh, play with Lamarcus Joyner that you know we were referencing where you know he had a, a running back in motion. Uh, out to the flat and he went with him and he called it out and then nobody picked up the slot receiver just ran straight down the field for an easy touchdown like that can't happen against anyone but it certainly can't happen against the Chiefs they're gonna make you pay for that every time uh, so those things need to get ironed out then they just need to you know continue to improve I mean they had no Jonathan Abram today he's done for the season he's not going to be back I think that was a big loss for the defense certainly they felt that but he's not going to be out there so you've got to you know, make plays. You got to get better working together. But the communication issues just can't happen during, uh, you know, during the regular season. That's what uh, training camp and preseason is for. And uh, you've got to get those things ironed out. So they've got to fix that. But they've also just got to play better. I mean, they were they weren't great last year. Um, they thought they were starting to solidify things with, uh, you know, Conley continuing to improve and bringing in Jonathan Abram and um, and everything that he could do. But you know, you're not going to have them. So you've got to you got to move forward and try to just get better. How much do you think that uh, the Raiders might have been a little sad, though, that Derek Carr's passing uh, 
Ken Stabler on the all-time leader list in passing yards. It was overshadowed in this loss. Uh, but when you look at his overall performance here, 198 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, right now, Carr stands on the Raiders' all-time leader list in passing yards at 19,196. That's quite a milestone. But when you look at his overall performance, what do you make of this one? And was it just like we were talking about miscommunications? Was it that Tyrell Williams was doubled up? Was it that he just wasn't finding Waller in open space? What was the reason you think for these numbers that Carr produced today? Well, I think the the biggest thing, look, you you can it is nice certainly that he became the the all-time leader in franchise passing yards, but I mean, he averaged 5.2 yards per attempt today. You look at the league average, it's around six and a half, and the really good quarterbacks get to about eight. So, I mean, you can look at Patrick Mahomes and what he was averaging in this game, and you're going to get uh, you're going to get 10 yards per attempt, right? And so that is some of the biggest difference. What does it mean? Is he not finding his receivers? Probably. Are some of his receivers not really getting open? Yes. Is there mis- Are there miscommunications on certain routes? Yes, we saw that too. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Carr said after the game that, you know, when you're facing this Chiefs defense, they bring a lot of different exotic blitzes, some things that you might not necessarily expect. And you also got to remember, this Chiefs defense is newer than it would be. I mean, yes, you've got a lot of the same person but at the same time, they do have different pieces. Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, and their coordinator, Steve Spagnolo, is different. Um, so he's got that reputation for bringing exotic and different things. They were able to do that. Of, car, of course, they sacked Carr a few times, and it just it really nothing worked that well after the first quarter where they were getting in a consistent rhythm. And when things were working well, Derek Carr turned the ball over. A lot of people looked at this matchup and thought, okay, Mahomes is without Tyreek Hill. He might have a little ankle injury that's lingering there, that maybe this all would slow him down. And then when we saw the first quarter, I'm sure that was resonating with everybody that is a Raider fan, like, wow, this is going to be a good game. They're really going to play him close. And we had mentioned in our earlier podcast this week how the Raiders played the Chiefs very close the last time they were at home. A 40-33 to 33 score was the final for the Chiefs, but still they, they played them close. There was a lot of offense. This game, obviously, very much different. Uh, this is also the last time we're going to see the Raiders on that dirt baseball field. How much do you think that when they're playing on that kind of a field that it's problematic just for the fact that they are playing on top of hard, compacted dirt as opposed to green grass or even just, you know, an all-purpose type weather field. What, how much do you think that that had any effect with what happened in today's game, especially with injuries are concerned, Adam? Yeah, I don't. I mean, they've been doing it for a long time. I don't know how much impact that really has. Uh, I'm glad to see it go, and this will probably be the last time it ever happens because there's no other, uh, you know, there's no other dual-use stadiums in the NFL uh, that have multiple sports anymore. Those have long been, long since been phased out, except for here in Oakland. So. Uh, since that'll be gone, the, the World Series will be over by November 3rd when the uh, Raiders come home. Uh, we won't see it anymore. I, th- I think it'll, you know, there'll be some nostalgia feeling, I think, from some people uh, who watched games for a long time here and uh, enjoy that part of it. But I, I don't think any of the players are going to miss having dirt out there on the field. <laughs> uh, I don't know how much it contributes to injuries and stuff. I, I saw Derek Carr slide on the dirt, which, uh, you know, we see baseball players do. But that's that's got to hurt a little bit more than the. Uh, than the grass if you get to slide on it. But uh, other than impacting kicks and 
uh, making you a little bit more sore in the morning. I don't know how much impact it actually has. Well, let's get to Twitter because we did have some fans write in and wanted to find out some things here about the team. Uh, one of them had said, what are the positive takeaways from the game? For me, I think it was defensive in Benson Mayowa. He had a pretty decent game. Miles, would you agree? Yes, yes, I would. Uh, you know, it's good to see him get, you know, another game with sacks, right? The, the sack leader on the Raiders last year had four sacks, right? So, you know, when you've got a guy who's already got three and you are two games into the season, is that everything? No. Is it nothing? I don't think I don't think it's nothing either. So, uh, yeah, it's good to see that from him for sure. He actually, in this uh, recording a sack in this game, it was the first time in his career he had notched sacks in consecutive games ever. And it was also the first time he forced a fumble in consecutive games in his career. So I think for him, things are on the upswing. And that question from John Mann at BLKMTN, I think that means Black Mountain 3, so thank you for that question. Uh, another Raider fan wrote, and this is from Darnell at Raider Nation 702. What up, 702? Uh, he said, adding insult to injury, a results after an ugly game and this being to when I had commented on all the players who had been either taken to the medical tent or had sustained an injury in the game. He said it's not a surprising result though since we always kind of have problems, I'm paraphrasing there, against the Chiefs nowadays. The secondary play was flat out embarrassing though. Uh, when it comes to this comment, do you really think that the secondary play was that bad or Adam is it just like we said earlier, just miscommunications? Well, I think when it's when it's so glaring in one quarter and it just over and over again, I think uh, I don't know that embarrassing is is the wrong word necessarily. It was <laughs> it was so it was just so much jumped out, like how bad they were playing in that quarter. Uh, but but as we as we said, a lot of it wasn't necessarily the play. A lot of it was miscommunication. There was different things that were going on uh, out there. So. You know, I, I don't know that that's completely unfair, but I, I think you also have to look at the rest of the game. They played uh, pretty well at times in stretches. And I know the Chiefs weren't really, you know, going all out, airing it out necessarily uh, later in the game because they had a lead and they were just playing a different uh, style, really, which was interesting because they couldn't run the ball. So they had to run out the clock with short passes and uh, just kind of do it that way. Uh, but, you know, yeah, it, it was it very much showed up. For that quarter and back to back drives, 95 and 90, 40 yards, uh, that's that's not acceptable. So I, I don't think um, I don't think anybody in that in that room would tell you that, you know, they were pleased with how that went down. This episode of Vegas Nation will be right back. SDN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. Sign up today and get a new sign up bonus of up to fifty dollars. The second interception will blow my mind forever. Like, he, it was offensive pass interference. I said he was blocking. So I asked the man, and I said, sir, I said, uh, why would I throw him the ball if he was blocking? And he didn't have an answer for me, and he walked away. So I, I just, I don't, I don't know what to do in that you know, instance. We got the coverage we want. We got the exact look we want. I'm throwing it to where I'm supposed to throw it, and they tackle our receiver, yet it's a penalty on us. Like, that, this is changing the, the outcomes of a football game. Right. Th th that shouldn't happen. That blows my mind. Uh, when things like that happen, I get kind of upset. 
I wanted to get into something that Derek Carr was mad about as well. I've seen this in the post press conference that he was a little upset about the offensive pass interference call that happened in the third quarter. And that was right after he had thrown the second interception. This was uh, a flag came in and it was for pass interference. So I I wanted to find out this has been a big deal with the NFL this year. Uh, Miles, what was your take on this penalty and Derek Carr's argument with it? Well, I don't think he was a little mad. He was big mad because <laughs> there were people, and I obviously haven't covered this team for that long, but there are people in the Raiders pre- in the press box who were saying that they've never really seen Carr that steamed um, as he was after a play. I mean, he was gesturing, uh, you know, he waved his arm, he basically was saying that's ridiculous. So what he said after the game, and, you know, that interception came on a drive where it looked like the Raiders might get something going. He was trying to get the ball to Ryan Grant on a slant route. Grant runs into Tyron Matthew. When Ward makes the interception, um, it, it, to me, it's a moot, the offensive pass interference is a moot point. And I don't think it was defensive pass interference either. I thought it should have just been a no call. They declined the penalty anyway. So there's a part of me that understands why Derek Carr, John Gruden were upset. But the way I saw the play, the other thing that I noticed on it was Ryan Grant extended his arms when he was going into to the honey badger, right? So if anything, that's going to be called offensive pass interference, whether you are the intended receiver or not. You extend your arms, that's what's going to happen. I, I also think on that play, part of why we saw him so angry, and he said it after the game, is that he went to the official and said, why would he be blocked or why would I throw it to him if he was blocking and the official didn't answer and just walked away from him. And I, I know that in those kind of situations, athletes do hate that. I've talked to several of them in the past that have told me the same thing when they, like a, a referee or an umpire in baseball just completely ignores them if they're trying to have a conversation about something. So I think it was it was the, the call. It was the frustration of throwing an interception. But I also think it was that interaction with the official that really set him off. Okay, when we look ahead, just briefly, even though we're going to get into uh, game previews later this week, we'll put those out every Friday for anyone who listens to the show here. You can catch everything on, of course, as I mentioned earlier, on the Vegas Nation app, VegasNation.com. But we look ahead to the schedule. This was the Raiders' last home game for the next five weeks, not including their bye week. So six weeks away from being home. Adam, you mentioned it earlier. They won't be back until they face the Lions on November 3rd in Oakland. This obviously is a a pretty big loss when you're going ahead and looking at a schedule that includes Houston, the Colts, Green Bay, the Bears, the Vikings. This is going to be a very rough stretch for the Raiders. When When you look ahead to the Vikings game, just that one alone, what do you think just right now looking ahead, if this Raiders team goes in looking like they did today, they take a win home at all, actually, in that stretch. I I know I just said Vikings, but when you look at those next five games, do you think the Raiders can pull away a win playing the way they did today from any of those teams? Well, I mean, I I don't think – if you look at the rest of the game besides the second quarter, I I think there was certainly some positives to take away uh, in a couple of those places. And, uh, you know, I know nobody's going to be thrilled with anything that happened when one quarter is so bad. Uh, but I think there, you know, there's at least things to build on uh, going forward. Now, that being said, yeah, they're going to be underdogs in all these games. But, you know, could the Dolphins win in the next five weeks? Sure. I mean, anybody can win on any, you know, any Sunday, any week in the NFL. So it's going to be possible for them to get a win. They're not going to be expected to. They're not going to be favored in any of those games. They're going to be significant underdogs in all five of those games coming up. I thought before the year, 
that they had a very realistic opportunity to go one and six. And I haven't seen anything to make me think otherwise. Miles, what's your take on that? Well, I think that they there are going to be some of these games that they can win. I Honestly, I think that they can win next week at Minnesota. I'm not that big of a believer in Kirk Cousins, and I think that there are some things that are going on in Minnesota sometimes where they might not, they might not match you. It, because, really, the Raiders had problems in one quarter this game on defense. So if they can shore up the defense and then maybe just get some more things going in the run game, get a little more consistency from Derek Carr where he's not turning the ball over like that, then, you know, you're getting on the same page with your wide receivers, then there are going to be opportunities here. I I really do think that they have something at least in Josh Jacobs and he gets a 51 yard run today. That's something that you can really build upon. And so, yes, when you say, you know, there was one really bad quarter on defense. It's kind of like, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> but at the same time, there is definitely stuff to build on. We will look forward to all of that for the Raiders on this podcast as we go ahead and look into the Vikings game on our next one. That one, again, dropping on Friday. And for today, that'll do it here on the Vegas Nation podcast. But you can catch every game recap that we do on VegasNation.com, the Vegas Nation app, ReviewJournal.com slash podcast, or anywhere else you find your shows. Vegas Nation is brought to you by STN Sports Mobile by Stations Casino. And find us all on Twitter at Miles A. Simmons at Adam Hill LVRJ. I'm at Heidi Fang. For Miles and Adam, thank you so much for listening.